0: What's that guys? It's a great day in Tiger football. It's a great day in my life. I promise you that. You're listening to the Tiger Tackle Football Podcast with T-Bob and Carter the Power.
1: It is the Tiger Tackle Football Podcast, the Citrus Bowl Preview Edition. Oh my goodness gracious. His name is T-Bob 53. We took a little break last week due to the Christmas holidays. And uh, T-Bob joins us eating a delicious plate of food. What What is inside of you? I want to know that.
0: Um, well, it was just a little piece of, uh, zucchini bread.
1: Zucchini? Shout out
0: to Helen Santani who, uh, is one of the best producers in all of New Orleans. She, uh, is also an expert baker. Oh. And she had some zucchini bread today. And I love zucchini bread. Look you you.
1: It? I- I've never had zucchini bread. I, I, am not. quite
0: tasty. It doesn't sound like it would be good, but it's really, really good. And don't be fooled, like... It's so good and it's bread, so there's no way that it's actually good for you. <laughs> uh, but it's just, uh, it's got kind of nuts in it. I don't really know. I just put it in my mouth and it tastes good. I, 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 speaking of putting things in my mouth, it has been a very full Christmas season for me, holiday season. A lot of, uh, a lot of eating going on the past week, man. A lot of bathroom time as well.
1: Dude, I have a carb addiction. Uh, I mean, my madre made the four cheese mac and cheese with breadcrumbs and bacon. And, and dude, it's I, I can't. There, there's just nothing I can do to keep my mind off of it. And just, I, I look at my belly. And, I, dude, I'm still running three miles a day. And there's nothing I can do, man. I'm still getting fatter. That's why I don't like the holidays.
0: Well, uh, I just kind of view it from now this doesn't really hold up because it's like 80 degrees today but I always try to tell myself that I'm just putting on a little winter weight it's kind of natural that uh as it gets colder uh you don't look I will tell you. I think we've actually talked about it before if I'm going to do my job to best my ability I got to be high energy and if my body's spinning all of its energy trying to stay warm well then I'm kind of screwed so you pull a little holiday weight it can help you stay warm during those cold days Not going to waste energy because he's going to have that natural blubber layer. And then uh, ideally the show would stay as good or bad as it normally is. It would be unaffected by the colder weather.
1: So the biggest development for LSU football this week is the story that everyone's talking about today. The Buffalo Buffalo Wild Wings uh, team, committee, whatever you want to call it, claims that the LSU football team, T-Bob, ate... 4,000 chicken wings yesterday at their big brouhaha dinner. Now, the big lead said that if there's 99 players on the team, that means each player ate 40 chicken wings. Now,
0: hold on. Are we including, though, the coaching staff, potential other people they could have brought, like... What's, where's, where, where are we getting
1: that 95 cutoff? I, I Dude, do, I don't know. I don't know. That's my thing. I think if you include the managers, the coaches, um, which obviously equipment managers, coaches, uh, the, the, the chaplain, and, I mean, there's so many different people that go on the LSU um, uh, travel squad. If you include uh, their media squad that they bring with them, then that number probably goes down to about, like, 25 wings uh, per person. So here
0: it is. Here it is. Some quick, some quick math. Uh, okay, so there's 105 players in on the All Shoot team. Okay. Right? Uh, I'm not sure if 105 travel to the volume. Maybe it is like 90 or 95. By the way, how do you feel with working with uh, 130 as the number of people eating wings? Do you think that's low or high?
1: I think that's fair. I think 130 is right there.
0: Okay, so at 130, we're averaging 30.77 wings per person. Uh, not wholly unbelievable, but at the same time, kind of hard to believe. Maybe our numbers are low. Maybe Wild Wings numbers are inflated um, without inspecting the wings. I cannot say for sure. Uh, but I would imagine that you probably have a lot of half-eaten wings, a lot of meat left on those bones. Um, I, for one, have a wing eating technique where I will eat the wings, uh, kind of make my little bone pile, and then I will rework my way through the bone pile. Nice. Making sure to get every uh, little bit and piece and crystal. So this just, just you, want, you want to maximize the potential of your bones.
1: I I believe it. I do. And a lot of people are claiming, oh, well, they just prepared 4,000 chicken wings. <laughs> no, they ate them. Yeah,
0: I, wait, is that, is that what you envision the people who like are skeptical of this story? Is that how conniving they are?
1: Yes, as they rub. They,
0: they have these evil laughs, and they're like rubbing their hands together.
1: Or rubbing uh, the No, they didn't <laughs> eat <need> 4,000 <laughs> wings. They're And I would get them. No, they're. Time. No, they're rubbing the end of their handlebar mustache.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, twirling their mustaches, they try to figure out different ways to disprove that LSU ate such an exorbitant amount of wings. Uh, the shocking part to me, Carter, is how much of a story this really has been. People love this story.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing, I believe it. I, I really do because I know whenever the most underrated chicken wing is like. The Walmart Dry Ranch Rub Chicken Wing. It's so underrated. And if you give me a big bucket of those, like like a, I don't know, a bucket of 25 of them, I could eat them in 10 minutes, like all of them, and still be hungry. Um, chicken wings are finger food enough for you to eat. I think a thir- if they're readily available and you give me unlimited chicken wings... I'm going to get them, and I'm going to roll through them. I know that's just me personally, but these are bigger football players, and I've seen you guys eat before. T. bob your final verdict here. Also,
0: look, uh, well, yeah, okay, so my final verdict, I I, I do believe uh, that it's – what did you say, Mythbusters? Mythbusters? Plausible?
1: (laughs) It's plausible. I can't sit here and
0: say for sure, uh, but it's absolutely plausible. I think a key detail here is that Buffalo Wild Wings uh, do not offer breaded wings, and breaded wings tend to fill you up faster. Uh, so it becomes that much more believable. Although I myself, the fat kid in myself, I prefer breaded wing. In fact, I used to be a big fan of Hooters Wings. Like, I'm not going to sit here and argue that they're quality ingredients or actual quality food, but as far as just taste and what I enjoy... It's hard to beat some way overly breaded Hoover's wings. I also will dominate some fried chicken germats.
1: Okay, yes. I mean,
0: I will just, just throw them down by the fistful.
1: I think honey barbecue chicken wings are the scum of the earth. I think that's the biggest waste of a chicken wing, mm. that flavor so bad I don't know anyone that has honey barbecue like you know most people it's not ask, that bad yeah, no no no, I mean, no. come on dude. honey barbecue's not that bad okay are they is that flavoring your top five chicken wings
0: Oof. no I think my top five pretty simple although look I can get down with some like I can get down with some sweet barbecue but honestly my favorite wings I mean it's probably just a classic it's a classic hop it's yeah. great like I like them spicy uh next I'd probably go Korean, second on the list. Okay. I love Korean wings. Like Korean wings are just freaking delicious. I don't know exactly what flavor it is. It kinda reminds me of like eel sauce. But uh Korean wings are great. Uh and after that, man, I guess I'm pretty indifferent. Like I can get down with honey barbecue, I get down with lemon pepper. Uh but there's only two that really hold a special place in my heart.
1: So anytime, like last week, I went to a party and actually this was the Christmas party we referenced in the last podcast. And, you know, I like to get weird when I don't know anyone at the party and I would just... Oh, how would it go? it It went great. It went great. But what I randomly do is I ask people, what is your favorite flavor of chicken wings? And I tell them how much I hate honey barbecue chicken wings. First off, they look at me weird. Why are you bringing this up? I just have a real disdain for that flavor it's a way because chicken wings are my favorite food it just is and And yeah dude they're they're just incredible and i don't like it being wasted on honey barbecue so So
0: what's your favorite wingery
1: uh my favorite wingery i actually do like buffalo wild wings a lot uh yeah i i'm a i'm a i'm a pluckers guy i dude i will get i'll get down on some pluckers um you know. Okay, so you're, you ever had them fire in the whole wings? No, no. In Pluckers,
0: yeah. the only time I ever had fire in the whole wings, uh, the night that I found out that I was going to get to sign a pre-agent deal with the Rams, and going to get a shot to maybe make it in the league, I went out in celebration. and got really drunk, and uh, we went to Pluckers after Tigerland. and this guy is passed out in front of Pluckers with just a fat plate of wings in front of him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this dude messed up. So I'm, I'm like Too knee grade this time. Like, this is a jerk move. Um, but as you'll find out, karma, well, she's a bitch. But so I'm like, oh, my God, dude, I, I'm about to slam these wings. Uh, I start eating this past out dude's wings. Next thing I know, my mouth is on fire. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm puking all over my car. I'm puking all over my condo when I got back apparently like i don't know this is the perfect trap it almost like feels like i was on a prank show apparently this guy had ordered a full plate and fired the whole wings and i was so drunk that i was like five or six wings deep before it really kicked in
1: oh my god uh,
0: yeah it's the only time i've ever had it
1: ah what a beautiful (laughs) dude I i don't know oh god
0: wait so what about uh my question is where are the artisanal memories right
1: yeah uh, like
0: I there they are in the age of the hipster food revolution which I fully support I'm a sucker for like sourcing your ingredients like trying to use like barbed to table kind of like supporting local because I'm a sucker for all of that and, and nowadays you see things like I mean there are grilled cheese restaurants in New Orleans so where is my hipster, top-of-the-line, free-range, grass-fed chicken wings?
1: I don't know. That is a great yeah. question. And, I, dude, that would be great. That place would be packed with people that would want to go to a hookah bar right next door. Dude, that's easy business. man. Yeah. God yeah, damn. I
0: will say this. If you want, yeah, we me I have that is very close to that, uh, St. Rock Market here in New Orleans. uh excuse me, they, they sell some Korean wings that are, hmm, top lot. Some of the best
1: I've ever had. All right. For those to stay around at the end, um, I have a show tonight at the Looney Bin and all that stuff, but um, I will do uh, my chicken wing joke at the end of this pod. Is that cool with you, TBZ? Yes. I'm down. There you go. Let's talk some actual football for a bit here. Uh, you know, t Baba, every now and then there's those feature stories that are just really good. You know, we talked about... Uh, the Wright Thompson day in the life of LSU Alabama that uh um that, that made some waves and you know, there's been so many great features of Leonard Fournette. Um, the first truly great feature of Darius Geis from Matt Hayes was written um on Bleacher Report and it talked about um Geis losing his father at a young age and Geis um Geis having his brother consistently be in trouble and Geis opening up about that. Um, it really is an incredible story, and it opens your eyes about what this kid really is all about, and you know, you just see it when he runs the football. He runs so violently, and I don't know if you actually read that piece, but T-Bob, I was you know, you, you read some of this stuff, and you learn about these athletes you begin to love. Like, I was shaking. I was like, Jesus, this stuff is just incredible.
0: I saw the article and I have not read it and I just googled it right now I'm looking at it and it looks incredible and I know what I'm going to read before uh tonight's show for sure long form article which I appreciate as well I love a good deep dive piece where you're not just getting through it in 30 seconds to a
1: minute you know and the one thing I want people to understand and I, I and I and I mention this a lot um I I grew up often in in social circles and different things as the only person of color around you know other white kids and Darius guys like opened up about the uh the, the the racism that comes with that and you know it's not always apparent but you 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 do feel it you do see it and people forget you know he went to catholic high and when you read Darius guys' story you're like well you know this isn't really your 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 typical catholic high kid and that, that that part is just so fascinating to me and it it just opens my eyes and it just brings in this this idea that you know unless you're actually seeing something through someone's eyes it, it just it changes everything and i understand it it kind of opens things up and i know darius Skyes was was in and out with his coach during um during his time at catholic high but this guy did go through so much, and he was in culture shock, and those things tend to happen. So, once again, uh, make sure you check that piece out, Matt Hayes, Bleach Report. We'll put a uh, we'll put a link to the feature underneath uh, yeah. under, underneath this pod today. But um, yeah, I
0: think you hit the nail on the head there, Carter, uh, with culture shock. I was thinking as a disconnect, but culture shock is the right term. Uh, I mean, just from reading, or just just from what you've talked about uh, what guys went through and then going to Catholic high, it had to be incredibly tough at a young age to work out, you know, why everybody around you seemed to have such charmed, easy lifestyles and why, uh, you know, why you did it, why you had to struggle so much. There are no easy answers there. And I think it also explains like, uh, the, the, there's a great quote, uh, about that, well, it also explains why he runs so hard. And he's talking about getting out and getting his family out, and that's why he runs so hard. And he's seen what these other families. I guess he had to watch all these kids grow up in such a kind of blessed, comfortable environment, while well, he didn't have that. And now I think he sees football as his best opportunity to provide that blessed and comfortable environment for his next generation as well as for himself.
1: Let's chat um, the guy that is the best player in this football game, Lamar Jackson. And, you know, all the eyes are on him in this bowl season. He's probably the the one player that everyone's focusing in on outside of the 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 New Year six in the college football playoff. Um, he is a Heiser trophy winner and he is playing against the best defense he will have faced all year. Um, God, he's won every award. Uh, we're always in awe of what he was able to accomplish this year. Uh, the the 30 touchdowns is just – I mean, it, just looking at the numbers are just utterly ridiculous. 30 touchdowns, 3,390 yards through the air, um, and then 234 <laughs> rushes for 1,538 yards and 21 TDs. Um, you know, Team Pop does all – 31 touchdowns. <laughs> Real, um, but Dave Aranda scored
0: 41 on the year. I think that I think that 51 number is more than like all but like 33 teams in Division One. I, I want
1: to say. Yeah, and you have an LSU defense that brings 14 in total defense, 323 yards per game, and six in scoring defense. But Louisville, number two in scoring offense, at over 45 points per game and total offense at over 550 yards per game. So uh, by far, T-Bob, in all the bowl season, and it's not always like this, but everybody is focusing on this game. Uh, You go through all these blogs and all these different sites that has LSU versus Louisville as the sexiest non-New Year Six or college football football play a bowl matchup. Um, How do you see the defense against Louisville here?
0: Well, real quick, as far as the hype is concerned, I do think it's interesting, Carter. Because, like you said, this is a great matchup. Thirteenth-ranked team against the twentieth-ranked team. Both teams shooting themselves in the foot at the end of the year to miss out on a New Year's Six bowl. You got the Heisman Trophy winner going against this great defense with the defensive coordinator who just signed a new big deal. Uh, you have the beginning of the Ed We era so you pretend, as we uh, begin to enter twenty seventeen so too does the new era of LSU football begin. Like, there's so many great storylines here, so much excitement. It's a competitive, solid matchup. And yet, Carter, know one, I mean, just judging from the radio response, no one gives a damn about this game. I would be very intrigued, at he's not here locally, I would be very intrigued to see how many LSU fans actually show up on New Year's Eve.
1: You know, it is interesting because... It's not a big bowl game, and the expectations were so high. And you know, I felt this way, T. Bob, after 2007, the 2008 year. You know, no one really cared. Like well, once the team just kind of became very mediocre, which it was. It was one of the the worst teams of the Miles era. Uh, yeah, LA
0: went hot, three and five in the FCC. Probably one of the
1: few losing records. Yeah. LSU Behind fans. LSU fans checked out, man. And, you know, this is a morning game. Even if LSU fans are going, morning and LSU and Louisianians don't always mix. So it, it, it is fascinating that people will wake up for this game. I, I guess the interest is there is because it's LSU football, there's always going to be interest. But I, I really do feel the same way. And I don't know if it's partially because Leonard Fournette kind of checked out. But, well, no, not kind of. He did. But um, I, I guess, T-Bob, it's just LSU fans, unless you're in the national championship uh, d- discussion or if you're in the, the Sugar Bowl at the very least, they they just really don't care. They care more about uh, the fact that Cam Akers chose to go to Florida State or LSU. I mean, they're already looking forward to recruiting.
0: He is, yeah, he's I don't know who Cam Akers is. I, I don't either. Yeah.
1: I really don't. I know he, yeah. he was the number one running uh, – he's the number two running back in the entire class, and, you know, we don't yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Recruiting. I'm so sorry. Damn you, seventeen-year-old kid! Not going to the bio. <laughs>
0: you go recruiting. Nothing better, right? No, I. You know what it is, Carter. And I, I, I guess there's no way of really knowing. I wonder how much of it is what you're talking about. People just the expectations gotten so high where they don't give a damn about these kind of mediocre polls that they played in the last few years. That's certainly part of the truth. But I do wonder how much of it is a 10 a.m. New Year's Eve kickoff. Like, it's hard for people to plan to go somewhere on New Year's Eve, and it's even harder to plan than to go two days or at least uh, a day earlier because the game's going to be in the morning. Uh, It's feels kind of weird because then it's in the morning. Like, when do you leave? I guess you're doing New Year's in Orlando, which now that I'm thinking out loud, that's kind of fun. But either way, like, how much – do you think if it, 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 is, it is the kickoff time? There might not even be a good answer there. It just, it just kind of odds to me, and it just kind of a bit, I guess I'm just lamenting the fact that there doesn't seem to be a lot of hype around this game because compared to the last few years, this is one million times more exciting of a matchup and has uh, infinitely more interesting storylines than playing like a Texas Tech I mean, I guess Notre Dame had name recognition, even if was won the best game. So yeah, I, I, I'm pretty pumped, selfishly, man. Although uh, we got to do a morning show five
1: to eight. Oh better. yeah, you do. You do have the WBL. <laughs> yeah, dude, that does suck. You know what's funny? I, I my my dad and I like we scream like little girls when this happened, and we we put the money in, and we're flying. We're we're going to the game because. Nice. Yeah, because you want to know why, T. Bob? It's because. I I like greatness. I like to I like to tell people that I got to see Lamar Jackson play in person. Yeah, the Heisman winner, man. That's what I'm saying. It's so rare. Dude, and you know what's crazy? Like LSU's played like so many of the last few Heisman winners, and this is just another one. I like seeing these guys. I like being able to say, Hey, I got to see the best player in college football for that year. Um and that that excites uh, me.
0: I I guess I didn't really think about that. They really have not played like all the Hudson winners recently, haven't
1: they? Yeah, and you know, so there's, there's
0: nothing like two out of the ordinary except that it's of South Alabama.
1: Yeah, and dude, I'm I'm pumped. I, I and you know how many great dual threat quarterbacks do we get to see LSU play this year? I mean, not not many. Nick anyway. Fitzgerald. Yeah, well, yeah, Nick Fitzgerald. He actually turned out to be decent, but
0: he did, dude. He did. He did. He did. He kind of, that was. A little tug-in-cheek, but he's not bad.
1: Yeah, um, you know, outside of Chad Kelly, nothing that really jumps out at you. Jalen Hurts was... Eli pit. Jenkins? I mean, maybe if you had a better <laughs> team, Jackson
0: state kid, I think. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Eli Jenkins is a player,
1: man. Eli Jenkins doesn't make me wet. I'm sorry. Um, as, oh, as, as, well,
0: as, then maybe... You need to go see a doctor, because you could be having the female version of erectile dysfunction.
1: Yeah, no, I was talking about, like, saliva and panting, you nasty fiend. Oh, oh
0: gosh. I was way off.
1: Yeah. I, I'm sorry. No, but I, I like seeing great players. My, my dad's like that, too. And I don't know, we're, we're, we're sports junkies. But, you know, a lot of LSU fans, and I think a lot of college football fans in general... They're not, you know, they care about the culture surrounding the game. Does it matter? Is it immediate? And ultimately, if LSU wins or loses this game, it's not going to really matter. It's just not. Um, and that, that's just the truth. You know, LSU lost to Penn State and all was fine in the world then. So, um, I, I do think New Year's play- I don't
0: know, though, dude. That's, that's where it gets interesting. There's kind of a lot riding on this as far as the tone of the offseason. Going to be a long offseason. They're going to have recruiting that's going to be hyper analyzed. I think every step LSU takes from now until that first game of next year is going to be hyper analyzed because you are now in the Coach O era and maybe no step more. I mean, maybe recruiting beaches, but perhaps no step more than this Saturday's game. So even in that sense, it has a lot more on the line than last year's game, the two years ago, in my opinion. Um, because if you lose this game, all the coach-o naysayers are going to be incessant throughout the entire office. They're right, we're wrong. Matt Rule, next head coach, you know, next yeah. head coach of LSU wants to get done up there. Like, that kind of chatter is going to start up and have a little momentum. However, LSU comes out and looks very impressive, takes care of the high winner, beats the 13th eighteen, team, especially with so sort of convincing fashion, then you're going to have a lot of people excited, and it also gives you some positive momentum heading into the uh, final recruiting stretch.
1: I think LSU is going to play a lot of young guys. I, I do. Um, Danny Etling. This is a big game for him. You know we 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 never really talked about. Will he really be the returning starter for LSU next year? Um, I don't as a, see
0: why not at this point, man.
1: Yeah, and he's got new offensive coordinator Matt Canada and. You know, since we've done the last pod, Brandon Harris says he's committed for LSU next year. Now that I'm that glad
0: g- you brought that up, dude. say say your piece on it, and then I, I got some more to say too.
1: Well, it's early, so if he clearly gets beaten out, he's going to transfer. He's he's not going to sit behind the the embarrassment of getting beaten out by a Purdue transfer. So if he gets clearly beaten out, and <coughs> also, yeah, I, I think I think yeah. he'll I think he'll go. Even though one thing is he was really tight to uh, To this recruiting class and signs um, and, and people I've talked to uh, Malachi Dupree looks like he's going to return next year and that could be huge. Uh, and he's, oh wow! And he's he's really close. He's really close to Malachi. So um, I I I think that would obviously play a big role in him coming back. But T Bob, I, I don't. I mean, I just don't see Matt Canada coming back. And um and and seeing anything else in Brandon Harris than than what we already know. I, I think he's done, and whenever he gets beaten out by Danny Elling this offseason, he's going to transfer.
0: Uh, perhaps. I'm going to give D. Harris the benefit of the doubt here because, look, everybody loved to criticize Harris when he had a very normal reaction and struggled with his initial benching. Everybody really loved to talk about how he wasn't a team player, he wasn't this, he wasn't that. What very, what far less people were interested in talking about is how after that initial poor reaction, you never saw that again. Brian yeah. Harris was engaged. Brandon Harris was a supportive teammate. You saw him cheering. You saw him doing everything that you're looking for in a backup quarterback as far as paying attention uh, in the meetings on the sidelines, telling Edlin what he saw. He was a great teammate and it would have been very easy for him to just outright leave here right after the season. And for him not to do so and try to it out and try to win this job, that speaks uh, to a competitor for me. So uh, I, I, I want to give Brent Harris props, not just, I mean, whatever, not, not for not transferring because like to each his own, that's cool, but more just for being a way better teammate than he got credit for. Uh do at certain points of this year.
1: Uh, yeah, I, you know what I think he's going to do. Brandon Harris is declaring for the NFL draft. Someone's going to take a chance on him. Why not? Or does he go to ULL? There you go. Yeah, follow the footsteps of um, Anthony Jennings. Why not? Uh, yeah. You know, it's weird. Uh, DJ Chark has actually become in the minds of many a better prospect than Malachi Dupree uh getting him back would be huge, and then another interesting player, Devon gotcha,
0: charco will be back right I thought he was only a sophomore
1: no he's part of that uh that malachi Dupree class um now is he flirting with declaring yeah no yeah, why not dude he's he's uh he's the fastest receiver on this team, and uh, dude he's shown some some n f l flashes. I would lean towards yeah. him obviously coming back um is this the strongest receiver class in the world? No. But he's not Mike Williams of Clemson or Corey Davis of Western Michigan. He's not a for sure first rounder. So he's. I think he comes back. Uh, Devon Godchow is interesting. This is a third round prospect uh, that I've seen across the way. Walter Football has him as a third rounder. Um, and I think Godchow could play at 3-4 or 4-3 in the NFL level. So um, Godchow is also going to be a big piece in uh, stopping Lamar Jackson, and Arden Key will be as well. You know, I, I, I one thing we didn't mention, I think LSU's offense can have a big day against Louisville's defense, which, from what I've seen, obviously I watched the Clemson game in full, but this was a defense that got ripped to shreds by some offenses that aren't so great, including Kentucky, um, in their final Bluegrass rivalry uh, game there. So... Um, I think the L S U offense is gonna have a big day. And I I know this is the last Innsminger called game as Matt Canada will be in, but I I don't see why the LSU offense wouldn't have a great day.
0: Yeah, uh enjoy it, man. Steve Insminger, his swan song, LSU Moses, The Tragic Tale, destined to lead his people out of captivity, but not himself reach the promised land. Insminger's a great and in the end, you know, I'm not going to be sad. So I'm going to try not to be sad that it's over. I'm, I'm going to try to focus on being happy that it happened. Right. So shout out to Steven
1: Stinger.
0: And Much love. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Carter. I do expect LC's offense to have a big day. Because DJ who I'm going to say, comes back next year because of what an impact he had this year. Um, there's a very legitimate case to be made that he will work his way in the first round if he plays like this and then even better, uh, next season. So I think you're here to see DJ Chark. Like you said, I'm excited to see the young guys, whether it's DJ Chark, uh, there's guys obviously Devin White at linebacker again, uh, which continued thoughts and praise the Kendall Beckwith. just absolutely terrible. We don't really talk about that much. out. Yeah. That could tore his ACL right as he's getting ready for NFL draft track, having a great year. Uh, but I am excited to see Devin White, uh, Russell Gage, can he build off of what was an impressive performance? And then, like you said, man, Danny Etling. Danny Elling kicked ass in the final game of the season. Um, now, you know, I, I don't know what that necessarily means for the future, but it was... Uh, it was a really good performance, and if he does that again, I see no reason to believe we won't be your starting quarterback going in next year, even though I think it will be a uh, wide-open competition.
1: Matt Canada actually met with Dupree and Chark, so Canada's been very proactive to get those guys back. God, it'd be nice to have them. D. Anderson, another receiver, I think. Could what be- did
0: he offer them? Some like a street pair of skates.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Like
0: a new like Easton stick, maybe some new gloves.
1: Hey, I'll give you half of my chicken wings at the Buffalo Wild Wings dinner if you come back next year. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I think it would be more like he'll give you half of his Canadian bacon and at least two jugs of maple syrup <laughs> to come back. I'm pretty sure that's the Canadian bargaining chips
1: and the Mike Myers oh. box DVD selection.
0: Yes, yes. Well, is Mike Myers Canadian?
1: Yeah, he's he's Canadian, big time.
0: Uh, is it true? Either way, either way, yeah, either way. Right, okay, okay. Why do I always think he was Scottish or Irish or something? Just because he's always doing those accents. Oh, I mean, he's very Canadian. You kind of hear it in. Uh, oh wait, no, never mind. Mm. Mm. No. What uh, about Steve Masters'?
1: Steve Nash jerseys, uh, Absolutely. So would you throw
0: a Steve Nash jersey in there if you were trying to get Dupree to come back?
1: Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Steve Nash. What is... about
0: Air Canada? A Vince Carter jersey?
1: Oh. That I would rather the Air Canada jersey, Vince Carter. Yeah, Vince Carter. I had, I
0: had a full. Raptors, Vince Carter, like a full uniform and full warm-ups when I was a
1: kid. Wait, really? You know what's funny? Yeah, I was I, all about Air I had a jersey and shorts. I still have a Vince Carter jersey, and it still fits. I mean, it's tight. But, um, but yeah. But do you
0: grab that Vince Carter powder blue UNC? son?
1: Damn. Damn. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah, me and DC go way back. Even though, dirty, dirty compression, I was a bigger Antoine Jiggins fan. with Vince.
1: Uh, you know, one thing before we move on into randomness, you know, Kendall Beckwith did have such a badass year. And yeah. he kind of turned into, you know, Ruben Foster's just on a different level when it comes to inside <laughs> linebacker play. But after that, Kendall Beckwith. Well, Ruben
0: Foster's also playing behind the best offensive line in, my Contra Yeah,
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can certainly make that so case. So don't,
0: don't discount that. The whole, the old Bama theory, you know, that hole is uh, great in the sum of its parts.
1: Yeah. Um, still, though, uh, Reuben Foster's just great. Um, no, yeah, Kendall- no, no, you're right, you're right. I'm not saying he's bad enough, yeah.
0: Right.
1: Kendall Beckwith, um, you know, he did have this amazing year, but you look last year, he would have been drafted. He would have been a um, a third or a fourth round pick um, and gone the Stephen Ridley route. The, instead of coming back and improving your draft status, uh, you, you go a little early. And LSU players notice this. Uh, Kendall Beckwith does tear himself up here at the end of the year, even though his year was stinking incredible. It it really was. Um, You know, I I think LSU players begin to see that, and and it it does scare them around this time. So, you know, that's when the players notice, well, maybe I should go early, even though my draft status isn't all that great. As long as I get drafted and I finally get a paycheck and I I know – uh, with all the knowledge that we know about football injuries, I need to start getting paid and get to that second contract as soon as as soon as we can. And you know, we we've seen that we've seen that with other players like Siron Black a long time ago that that came back for a senior year and just lost his draft status altogether. Um, that that means something. That means something to these players.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, specifically in the. As well, that was a situation where his body had just betrayed him. That man, I think, started 53 college football games. Yeah. I want to say he's tied with Colt McCoy. He's <laughs> not playing the workload for a body to go through and then try to make it uh, in the NFL. But yeah, I mean, look, you Kino Beckley's cautionary tale, man. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think it would be hard to say that he was not an influencing factor in someone like Leonard Fournette's decision, and almost by extension, even someone like Christian McCaffrey's decision.
1: What do you think of that, T-Bob? Uh, do, you, do you think this is going to be a, a trend, the, the players skipping out of the bowl games? and I have a very
0: succinct way of looking at this. I view it as coexisting truths, that I hate that these superstar players aren't playing in this last game, and it sucks because you want to watch these guys play one more time. I really want to watch Leonard Fournette in a purple-gold uniform one more time. But at the same time, I cannot craft a legitimate argument for why they should play in these bowl games. And I do not want to see any sort of rule changes or legislation that further take decision-making power away from the student-athlete, right? I mean, the coaches, the schools, the administrators, they all get bonuses to these bowl games. You guys, the players don't get those bonuses. So it's already so heavily slandered monetarily in the administrative favor that I don't want them to be able to block players. And now I would also say this, Carter, if you want to comfort yourself, it's that most people cannot do this. We're only talking about the truly elite of the elite, the guys who will not lose draft value by skipping this game. When this becomes a bad business move is when you use draft value. And – of guys would lose draft value for skipping their last game.
1: Absolutely. And, yeah, like Jamal Adams. I'm going to be holding my breath. I don't want a Jalen Smith, and you hear that name over and over. That was a Notre Dame player that against Ohio State, Jalen Smith was a consensus bare minimum top 20 pick, tore his knee up, and the Cowboys took a chance on him in the second round, and he hadn't played this year. Um, They players see that and it it is a very scary thing. So, um, you know, I don't mind players sitting out. I will tell you this T. Bob, that as we evolve and as we learn and as players become smarter, and we've seen this on all levels of sports, we're starting to see the players begin to see their own self-worth and how powerful they actually are, you know, and that changes things. And, it's weird because that doesn't necessarily benefit you, the viewer. It doesn't benefit you, the fan, because, well, players will start sitting out. Like, for instance, um, it's not good for fans that LeBron James and when Tim Duncan played, they, they sat out games healthily because they understood in the long term that more than likely it was better for their bodies not to play a full 82-game season like Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan would do, go as hard as they can every single game, but um, as as sports medicine begins to grow and as players begin to be become more aware of things like that, you know th- those things happen, and it 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 makes it makes for a fascinating argument. Yeah, we're happy for Leonard Fournette that his body will be preserved and all this, but how does it benefit LSU? And in the end, it, I mean, yeah, Leonard Fournette benefited LSU, but I we we see this. I, I'm going to go Bernie on you here. Players are more, hashtag woke now, and it's interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, what I'm still waiting for, man, is when a... When are we going to see the next Missouri type of protest? Minnesota players kind of flirted with it. Yeah. And the school shut it down. Uh, But in that Missouri protest, you had... A team essentially forced a school president to retire to yeah. resign, despite the fact that, like, what actually happened is very unclear, uh, is it, and like, how responsible maybe that administrator was, like, for whatever allegedly happened. Like, a, point being is that that showed me—I think—that terrified a lot of administrations, a lot of coaches around the country. That if you rally these players to a cause, like any other labor group in history united they can start to shift the balance of power uh a bit their
1: way absolutely i'm excited for this game i don't care if any of you know our, our fans of the show just like it when we talk about stuff instead of like who is louisville's third string corner just in case the first and the second string corner get hurt yeah, it's, uh, well, that's it's,
0: good because I have not read anything about
1: this game yet. I've <laughs> <You laughs> I've not I've not done much either. Literally like what we led our, our, our pod with the four thousand chicken wings, man, that's that's just awesome. I, I I I love that. I love that the players I, I hope freaking uh D- Devon Godchow had eighty chicken wings. Hell, that that's more impressive of anything.
0: Dude, did you hear what uh, what Hugh Freeze is getting kind of blasted for on the internet today, but some some recruit said Freeze told him about uh, the instability probe against him.
1: Wait, what did he say?
0: So uh, they were asking this kid, Chevin Galloway, I guess, is a four-star guy. They were asking about what what Ole Miss is saying to recruit. Some investigation. He said, "Quote." Well, Coach Freeze told me that when you're big and out there with faith in Christ, he's like, What do you expect? Jesus got nailed to the cross. He <laughs> was telling me sometimes things like that happen, that's never going to change how he's going to treat his players and take care of them. I get what Freeze is trying to say there. They're like, that's not going to change how we do things or how we treat you. But that definitely comes off and like kind of sounding not only like he's comparing his current plight to that of Jesus, but that he's being persecuted for his faith and not for NCAA violations. <laughs> Never change, Hugh Freeze. I actually really love Hugh uh, which is, I don't know. I mean, I, I I was recruited by him, and he is an exceptional uh, recruiter and a really easy guy to get along with. But even by straight strengths, man, they almost finished 5-7 this year.
1: Yeah, dude, they they not they're not bowling. They're one of two teams. Dude, that
0: is the best five and seven team in college football history. Hands down.
1: Yeah, that was a really good five and seven team. Um <laughs> <laughs> you persecuted. I'm looking at the the the, the quotes now. Uh, hey man,
0: even Judas got down to the cross, bro.
1: Oh God. Sounds like PFT commenter. Jeez. Oh.
0: It does, yes. Total football. This will be and mean, whatever whatever
1: they do their next football guy segment for Cat sure. dog. <laughs> oh, I can't get over that. Jesus got nailed to the cross. Oh man, that's that's great. Yeah. I, I yeah. Uh, You know. You know what's great. So Hugh Freeze is that coach that everyone like likes in the SEC. Like whenever um whenever Belama and Malzon were fighting, they uh, Freeze was that middleman. Like uh. You know like Beelum is close with Freeze Zanza's is Malzon. They're really close. Um So Freeze is liked. It's just you know, whenever all of this is settled, you know last year at the even though you know, I, I never got this about the Laramie Tunsil thing. You know, everyone made a big deal about um the gas mask and that that was crazy and that was the greatest piece of blackmail in the history of sports that, that got That that got released seconds before the draft, and he fell from, like, number one overall. It was so beautiful. Who was it, his stepdad? (laughs) His stepdad, or whoever it might have been. But, you know, the the bigger story was that, like, with Hugh Freach being at the draft, Tunzel like, just threw him under the bus (laughs) at the post-game press conference by saying, yeah, I got paid and all that. Oh, man. Ole Miss is such a mess.
0: I mean, at that point, tunzel has got a look out for himself and anytime you're talking to a new employer or anything like that uh honesty is the best policy some would argue and and whatever i mean maybe he wasn't in that specific situation but he was kind of blindsided by all that And some was say, oh we should have been smoking weed we're like sure dude whatever that's cool but that's fine if that's what you believe but um yeah he was a little frazzled you could tell like during, during that uh during that interview for sure
1: uh, let's see. Christmas, how was it?
0: It was solid. Um, had a really good time. The family all came from California. Mom, Airbnb, the house. Uh, I, have eaten, I have eaten ungodly amounts of food. Uh, yeah, really the best part was hanging with the family, Played very fun games. You ever played Jackbox? No. On uh, the PS4 Xbox? It is a It's uh, a—it's just a bunch of different games that you play, like through an Xbox, through PS4. But the controller for everybody is on—it's your cell phone. Oh, really, really cool! It's uh, unlike anything else I've seen out there right now, at least. And uh, it is the perfect family party game. Everyone has a smartphone, everyone knows how to use it. Go play Jackbox and watch your family's smiles light up.
1: You know, I don't want your thoughts on Star Wars. I know you've seen it by now. Um, twice. Yeah, you've seen it twice. Obviously, you thought it was great. I don't want to go any further because, you know, in the, in the last pod, I included that we were talking about Rogue One, and people kind of got freaked out about spoilers. I don't want to get into that. But, you know... Well, today, I don't get any spoilers. you do You can play with broad strokes. Yeah. 20, um, 2016, you know, it, it's just ironic that that movie comes out and, you know, Carrie Fisher dies. And, obviously... <laughs> Um, that's a big deal for uh, for the Star Wars community.
0: Yeah, I mean, shout out to Carrie Fisher, man. It's really sad. Princess Leia, truly iconic. Uh, even Fisher herself, she's become a champion of bipolar disorder and awareness, and uh, she was on a comeback, man, and whatever, sixty years old is young, and so it's sad from this real human life perspective, and then one thing I am interested in, and this is not important like in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but I am intrigued to see how the Star Wars series handles this. Uh, General Organa was looking like a cornerstone of the new trilogy, right? And I don't. Are they done shooting Episode Eight? Do yeah. you come out next year? Do they still have pickups to do? And the storyline? Do you kill her off? Is that insensitive? With what really happened, how you do this, I do not know. Um, uh, but once again, like that's all just ancillary Star Wars stuff. Like that, that that really doesn't matter. Really just thoughts and prayers to Fisher, or her family, or her friends, um to Bumeran, she was supposed to be here at the New Orleans Comic Con next week.
1: Damn. Yeah. Damn, damn, damn. Yeah. Yeah, so it is uh it is terrible. You know, it is a narrative that 2016 sucked really bad, but it really did. Um, You know, it's bad. It was all right. It was all right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we live in America, and we're hosting a pod, and we talk about our lives, so life can't be that bad. Uh, Being the the fifth best Arkansas LSU-based podcast in the country, uh, nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, You you know, I— it's bad when the creepy clowns are like a back thought about what went wrong in 2016. Like, <laughs> I'm,
0: I still don't even know what to think of these clowns. I've never seen a clown. I haven't really heard. I don't know, man. I don't know. The clown thing. I'm, 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 I'm a little angry at clowns because It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It? Yeah, It. I watched the original movie, It.
1: Oh, okay.
0: This year, I'd always heard about how scary it was, and uh, it was really, really dumb.
1: So, I hate it. So, just to catch you up on my Christmas, I uh, uh, figured out that uh, I got tickets to go see Dave Chappelle at the Sanger Theater in a few, uh, in a few no. weeks. Yeah, no, dude. I got lucky. That was my big Christmas gift. Um,
0: dude, I thought about you, too, today. I was in the coffee shop, and there was an ad for Jay Moore coming into New When? When? Uh, I don't know, I can't I remember the date. I should have taken a picture of it. I'm there
1: every day, so I'll uh, send you one tomorrow. Yeah, please do. I'm a big more guy. And talking about sports radio, that dude is a freaking animal. He is. he he's, yeah. a, he's better at sports radio than he is at comedy. Um, we need to have him on here. Well, we've never had a guest. Maybe one day. Um, you know, I, I I've um, well, we well, the biggest thing from Christmas, and I, I filled in, and I did. Um, I did a radio show. I've done a few, actually, here in Little Rock for comedy and different things. And they asked me what's the most memorable Christmas tradition. And what we do is we gather around at this Christmas party, like me and my best friends and their parents, and they pass around a bottle of Goldschlager, and they take shots of it until it's finished. Have you ever had Goldschlager?
0: Well, I do not like liquor that tastes
1: like holidays. (laughs) Dude, it is it's the worst. It is the worst liquor. It has glitter and confetti in it. And yeah. um we we do that and that I mean dude, it is the nastiest thing ever. And I have no idea why we do it, but we do it every year. Um I wasn't is able, this you and your family? No, it's like at the, it's it's this annual Christmas party that we go to. And what sucks is okay. what was great was I actually didn't do it. I, I actually had to leave and drive and to to do this radio spot the next morning. But that that's a big annual Christmas tradition. Well I was looking if I missed it and dude that always ends in in awfulness. But I will tell you this, all right T Bob, if anyone ever asks you to do a radio segment on a Latino speaking radio station, you do it. Just go do it.
0: Wait, wait, did you did you know what they were asking? Like, were they speaking in
1: Spanish? Yes, they were. It was all in Spanish, and they had an interpreter. And they had to whenever I answered the question, they had to interpret it. We we salsa danced. We did stand up comedy. They made me hold this Hi. this huge stuffed ape, and it, all they all they asked for you to do is this is this is what's great about the Mexican culture. When when everyone's in a jovial mood, all you have to do is go tripa, <laughs> and everybody does it. And I swear to you, they were so happy, and like I just randomly did it, and they're like, "Why did you know that? That's, that's what we do on our show." And it, you're like, "No, I was just scared." I, I, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I knew that because I, I've 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 been around the Mexican culture before. Um, dated a Mexican girl for a long time and I just, ah. so you, you had some previous knowledge. I I had some prep and that, that's all they did. Like at the end of their breaks, they just went to, I
0: had no idea. I see. I would have, this is like my PC bro culture. I would have deemed that people would have been offended by that.
1: Dude, they were excited. They were excited. Nice. Now, now
0: Hey, how'd the uh, how the Christmas party go with old girl with other people you didn't know?
1: It was good. It was good. Um, everything's good, man. Your advice. Your advice held up. I I will I will tell you this. All right. You always and, give me credit for my advice. was my advice? I don't even remember. Your Your advice was simple. We um you mentioned this in the last pod, but um uh, I've hung out with her a few more times. Um. Just be yourself. That's it. Because you see, you're you're happily married. You're happily married. You're a happily married man to a babe. So I, I was like, well, T. Bob should know. So yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Dude, Thank you. Yes, I definitely coined that. Very original advice.
1: Yeah. So I know, right? Just
0: be yourself. But no, no. But you see,
1: you know, you know me. You see, you you're weird. You're just a weird guy. All right. We, we the the New York story in the in the few pods ago that didn't really shock me at all, but a lot of my friends are like, "Who in the hell is this guy?" like <laughs> what, what is he doing at a dominatrix party at three am.
0: You know uh, oh, man. One thi- you, gotta, you gotta experience
1: things. One thing I will say though, all right, and i I really do mean this. You say, you know whenever we made those Miles Brennan jokes that uh, hand jobs are equally mediocre around the country, right?
0: Um, I'm trying to think if regionally anybody would be stronger.
1: Yeah, no, 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 you just said... It might
0: look, it might might be maybe in the more dry climates. It gets a little (laughs) more unenjoyable if you're getting out west, but otherwise, yeah, I'd imagine it'd be the same. Or, like, if it gets really cold, but then I guess you're just inside. So, yeah, yeah, sure.
1: Equally mediocre. Dude, you just got to find someone that could do it right. And uh, dude, I, I'm addicted to him. I like I will I will take a handy over anything else right now. Seriously. Uh, give me give me the handy the be, and here's the thing. Here's the thing about a handy. You have nothing to worry about. There there's no um there's just an end. There's just an end thing like and then that could be fixed with towels and stuff, but handies are the best, man. They, they just are. They, they
0: uh, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can get behind this. Uh, they are better than nothing. Um, they're not the best. Now, I think that they do uh become vastly improved when you add some lubricant into the equation exactly um but 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 still uh i believe that there's one further step but still previous to sex that is maybe the ideal in that realm
1: i do i'm uh, i'm talking about Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah i i i like that too I'm, and
0: kind of whatever you're into everybody's into yeah all sex. W-
1: yeah, I'm just like, whatever you're into, you do. Just do your thing, man. We talk this stuff on the pod. I'm not I'm not afraid to talk about that. Um, but yeah, man. No, look, you, you do you. You like some Sandy Handies. That's great, man. Don't it? I mean, it's just, it's got to find someone that, I mean, because you see, the the other person doing it has to be committed. Like, they're in there.
0: That's what I'm saying, but like, if you ever get that like awkward thing where you're like, Kind of looking at each
1: other. No, there. no. Every, dude, every, like I convulse, I shake, I pass out. I I passed out Ooh, one time. Very
0: very visual right now.
1: I know. Uh, I never saw it all. Yeah. <laughs> are you happy? Are you happy about that? It's impressive. <laughs> oh God, people are getting weirded out. Um, one guy, one guy that I know. We'll get plenty of those. Is um, and I, I do want I do want to chat this because you know it, it's weird whenever we're going to look back at the legacy of Leonard Fournette. All right, he's going to get okay. plenty. Yeah, hell,
0: hell of a transition there.
1: Well done. Yeah, it, you know it, it, his legacy is going to be weird because he is the high, most highly touted player to ever come through LSU. And peak Fournette, you can make a strong case as the best player to ever play at LSU. And the simple truth is that no matter what, the Fournette era, while there were amazing highs and he was on the cover of the magazines and, you know, we, we, we enjoyed seeing him take over football games, I understand this was an injury riddled season. and I understand less derailed the season from the get go. But no matter how we look at it, the Fournette era to a degree is a disappointment because in the end, you never really accomplished anything.
0: Yeah, not in, not necessarily anything of note. Uh, I do I do agree with you there, or, or or at least something memorable in Tiger fans' minds. There were single games, but yeah, not a memorable season uh, necessarily. Now that said, I do not want what I believe to be the most impressive part of Burnett's legacy to be ignored, which is the off the field stuff. This dude has been a superstar he was 16 years old, he had all the pressure in the world on him. Um, he had all eyes on him the entire time. And he was like a LeBron James in that he was he's an incredible role model for these young kids to look up to, man. And I guess I don't know the truth of the person, but it doesn't really matter. As far as what he's putting out there publicly, he did an amazing job of handling that spotlight at a very immature age. Right. Put me in that microscope eighteen to twenty two and I'm done for, man. Uh Fournette was not only not done for, he thrived. He set the right example as far as what to say, how to work, he raised money, he was charitable, he got involved in camps, he provided a role model for the youth of New Orleans to look up to. So a lot of people talk about Leonard Fournette on the field and what his legacy is or isn't. And I absolutely, because that's a very interesting conversation. But uh, I do want to highlight just how impressive what he did off the field at LSU and how he carried himself, how he handled himself, how uh, impressive that was.
1: You know, I just go back to the story of him talking about Katrina and seeing dead bodies and, you know, the whole city being on his shoulders. New Orleans and Baton Rouge. I mean, it was just incredible. So uh, the one part of the Fournette era that was highway robbery was the the, the damn truth that he did not get invited to the Heisman Trophy finalist ceremony. I understand that's done by votes. It's not by who you think are the best players. But the fact that people kind of disregarded him for the Heisman, um, he deserved it more than Derrick Henry Come after me, Alabama fans. I'll fight you fist up. No, I won't fight most of you. Um, but I <laughs> I I I I think that was robbery. I do. He missed a game due to bad weather. Um the whole team missed out on a game of statistics. He still led the country in per game yards rushing. And the dude was one that was one of the best seasons we've ever seen from a running back. And hell, he didn't even get invited uh to the Heisman Trophy finalist ceremony. And Derrick Henry, who got his stance padded by getting 40-plus carries against beating down defenses late, um, got the actual trophy. And that, that to me, was bull. It, it really was. And, you know, looking back at the Fournette era, I hate, I hate that he didn't get the New York experience, which is a really cool cool one, even if you don't win it. You get to – yeah. it's, it's, it's just part of it to say you're a Heisman finalist. Like Tyron Matthew can tell people, hey, I was a Heisman trophy finalist, the last one LSU had, and I was a – Defensive player that got it, you know. Um, yeah,
0: and I mean, I think it becomes all the more disappointing because if you switch Derrick Henry and Leonard Fournette, then the story is the same, like in that Alabama LSU game.
1: Uh, he's rushing for twenty five hundred yards if he's on Alabama. I'm calling it. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm Hell, I'm, I'm I'm calling that right now. Um, I know this is uh, this is recorded and people listen whenever they want, but there's a rumor on Twitter, that Jamal Adams and Devon Gotchow have done in on their personal Twitter account that they have found agents and they will declare for the NFL draft. Um, All signs point to Jamal Adams eventually doing that, and Devon is like right in the middle. Jamal
0: Adams would be the fool not to with where he's being projected right now. I mean, we're talking top five, top ten. There's no incentive to come back at that point.
1: Yeah, and, you know— yeah, go get paid. I, I I'm I, I've I've shared this before. Uh he doesn't need to even be playing in this game. Um as yeah. as a certain first round pick, I, I feel I feel nervous. I, I feel that that Jalen Smith thing just bothers me. It it re, I <laughs> to see a player a first round pick get it get get destroyed in a freaking I, I just that that pisses me off. Um but anyway. Anything else you gotta talk about? Anything else?
0: Uh, I would just say the final last thing on that. It's that there's always the risk of injury. And while it may not be smart, Jamal Adams goes out there and balls out against Lamar Jackson, makes some nice tackles, some nice plays, puts more good tape. He could help his case even more.
1: As always. T-Bomb, uh, I want to say, uh, what do you want me to bring you back from Orlando? Uh, Shandy uh, handy. I say you want me to bring. No, dude. What? <laughs>
0: you want me because to bring? You how to do
1: it. You, you want to? You want me you to bring you? A- you want me to bring you? Want me to bring you a hand job Okay. There you go. That, uh, handy. What do I want you to bring
0: me from Orlando? Uh, I broke my wand from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter that I got a Olivanders. So if you could go get that again, that'd be great. All right. It's only like fifty bucks.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've <laughs> seen you. So, heck yeah, man. Well, um, as always, man, I just want to let you know that I love your beautiful face.
0: All right, Cody, and as always, it's mutual, man. Uh, you got to tell
1: your chicken wing joke. Oh God, chicken wing joke. Oh Jesus, I, I thought I was sliding out of here. No, I, I do have it in my notes here. Um, so you know what, T. Bob, my uh, my fantasy, my dream is to be able to go on a cruise ship to the Bahamas with the ability to masturbate as many times as I want with an unlimited (laughs) bucket of chicken wings at my disposal. I like to to call this fantasy a Caribbean jerk.
0: (laughs) I did not expect that to land. That was well done. Oh, that was way man. better than I expected, it, land, job.
1: it landed better than Sully Sullenberger in the Hudson, baby. I love it.
0: Oh, no, that's that's you know I really, I don't want I don't want to get into argument. <laughs> Sully landed that pretty smoothly himself. Well, you did great. Uh,
1: and for those, I'm sorry I spoiled the end of that Tom Hanks movie for you, but it does land safely. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> don't forget the preview show. Uh, is Saturday morning on WWL 5 a.m. Uh, Tune into that. WWL AM FM on Twitter and all that good stuff. And read his latest column in the link below. Check that out as well. Get my stand-up comedy tour dates at com I am uh going to be on the Looney Bin stage here in about an hour and a half. Uh, big comedy club here in Arkansas tomorrow. I'll be at Hibernia and then next week and all that good stuff. So it could be dated by that time. But CarterThePower.com. Listen to The Carter Bryant Show. Facebook.com slash The Carter Bryant Show there. And I will say it again. As always, you, Bob, I love your beautiful place.
0: All right, Carter. Go Tigers, man. Love you too, Thanks for listening to the Tiger Tackle Football Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter at TBob53 and Carter the Power.